All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is another amazing installment of the full set. I am your host X with the most X. My name is Didi Delgado, and I am here with my very esteemed colleague, none other than Bamboo de Pistola. How are hey, you? Hey, hey, I'm hey. great, how are you, Didi? <laughs> I'm really fucking amazing. I think I was telling you off camera, like, I've been in a weird headspace like the past two weeks and I've still had to do these shows, still organizing, still mothering, still working full time. And today I had a spiritual consultation. It was a follow-up. You know, sometimes we go to the doctor and we don't go to that follow-up. And I went to the follow-up and I was like, hmm, okay, I'm in a better space. So shout out to my spiritualist, one of them, because you yeah. need a big team sometimes when you got big problems. So yeah. there's that. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm considering everything that's going on. You know, I'm 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 doing okay. You know, I'm 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 worried about you and all the other folks on the front line. You know, I'm glad you got to see somebody to lift that spirit. You know, because you know, just talking to our peers, a lot of folks don't have that outlet. Right. It's draining. You know. So when you say everything that's going on, I think it's wild that you like just compiled it. So we in the midst. I don't know if you knew this or not. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, and we are also, <laughs> you got, look, I got to walk around like, oh my God. Okay? Like, I'm ready. Um, and then also we're in the midst of this uprising. Like this is serious, a serious moment in time. And I question often, I don't know about you. Do you feel like this is it? Like, or do you feel like we're at a mile marker? Uh, if you had asked me this when the uprising started, my answer would have been, yeah, this is it. This is the, but as I'm watching the same thing happen, you know, I've, I was on the ground at a very tell young us, age. Tell us, tell us, I feel LA, like you got the story. You know, for the LA uprising, I was, you know, in high school. So I remember the feeling of being uh, just swept up in, in the frenzy of it all, you know, not really, not really being uh, educated or, or knowledgeable about what was going on, you know, just surface level stuff. Um, knew, uh, you know, we knew that some police got off and, you know, now it was time to burn the city down. And we When did. you say the LA uprising, are you talking about what I think you're talking about with Rodney King? In 1992, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 1992, April of 92, 29th to be exact, uh, there was an uprising in LA. I started on um, uh, Florence and Normandy, a uh, bunch of A-Trade gangster crips um, took over the liquor store on that corner. And it just uh, is the domino effect across the city. I think once folks saw that um, there was no holding back on that intersection, I think they just, you know, folks started to mirror that all across the city. So again, I was there for that. And then, you know, I've, I've been on the ground for Ferguson, for I mean, you name it. We, you know, I've, I've been involved in every um, every attempted uprising and protest um, since Rodney King, you know. Um, when I came home from the Marine Corps, from the military, I just replaced the military with, you know, um, a grassroots people's organization. That's, right. And I ended up just taking, you know, my training. Because you're out in Oakland, right? That. I'm in Oakland now, yeah, but I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, so, so, you know, like I said, I, I think that, you know, if you had asked me two weeks ago, but now I'm starting to kind of see the same thing play out. And that's a little when you say the same thing, are you talking about the respectability politics that I see? Like, oh, it's a few cops being brought to trial. Oh, you know, 
Um, you know, I saw a live today. It really irked my, my soul. And I'm going to share with you for a quick second that they was doing the chant. And like, I think this has been a recurring theme, but like, who's teaching the youth? Like, not just the youth, right. but like the old heads that are coming out and being like, oh, I'm a wolf all of a sudden, right? Who's teaching them the chants, you know? Cause they like, no justice, no peace. And then that's it. And I was like, I, so I commented on the watch party. I was like, the, the rest of the shit is no racist police. Like, no you, know racist what I'm saying? Police. you could say that, like, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the, that's the shit that made the goosebump, like, and make yeah. us feel like, oh shit, there's no justice, no peace with these racist ass police, like, you know? And the person was like, and then the, the person who was leading the protest, I wanted to strangle them because they telling people, they're like, let's be out here and protest, but don't burn shit down. Don't touch the glass. You can bang on the metal. And I was like, nah, nigga. I said, let me jump. I actually commented because I don't believe in talking shit about people unless I said it to their face. I was like, let me jump off this respectable ass thread real quick, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so do you feel like, you know, kind of like community leaders get together and like, yes we're not monolithic but then they get together and be like it's appeasement it's appeasement at least this is happening at least you know absolutely well there's that and then there's this sect that i've been dealing with in the hip-hop community just you know where people are so conspiracy theory driven with everything they're still on the, the beyond the pale horse mentality and and they're using this to pacify themselves and or to not be involved oh well right you know, George Soros is the reason behind this and the reptile people. So I don't need to go out in the street. I don't need to do, you know, like this is, right. this is the new world order y'all. Like, this is just what it is. Somebody told me uh, a very respected um, uh, DJ in the, in the community told me uh, that George Floyd was a Freemason and his family were Freemasons. And, and he started this to get the new world order kicked off. And this is what for some like, reason, if y'all niggas been, don't go sit down with your yeah, conspiracy theories. If, and, and I get pulled into this, you know, because this person in particular is also a Filipino descent. Okay. So, you know, we get clumped into that, you know, as, as people who, who practice a black art, uh, but happen to be Filipino, you know, they're automatically going to say, hey, well, where's Bamboo? How come he's not saying anything to, to this dude? So I had to come out and say something and hit him up personally. Like you, I'm not for like, you know, jumping on somebody's Twitter without making at least an attempt to contact right. them. I might reach out. I might reach out. I might sign into the DM, but also I might just have that conversation. Like, do you, you, do you see yourself right now? Mm -hmm. And that's what it was. And, and he doubled down and kept it moving. You know, like, yo, I believe this. I believe the Clintons, you know, he believes that Trump is fighting these, the satanic pedophiles. It's this kind of thing that for some reason, Nigga, uh, it's as opposed 5G. to the, Right. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, with the respectability stuff, yeah, that's there. But I've actually, for some reason in the past two weeks, had to deal with this madness. And, and that's been, you know, that I've been just trying to get that segment of our community to get involved, you know, and stop with that. Stop so let me ask you real quick, when you say that segment of our community, um, I know that you are um, part of a youth movement or that you have been helping uh, like work alongside them. Um, and if you could just restate the youth movement in your own words and like what y'all do, that would be dope. Um, my question alongside of that is um, you are Filipino. Um, are you American born or you were you born in the Philippines? I was born in California, yeah. Okay, okay. Born and okay. raised. Okay, and yeah. also you have also lived in different parts of the world. Knowing what you know about um, Asian culture and like anti-Blackness and then also being someone who's brown, 
right? I mean, like you brown. Like I don't know if you consider yourself Asian Pacific Islander, but okay, a lot of a lot of Asian people don't realize that their anti-blackness also extends to Asian people who happen to be black. Like you know, and so like, what does the youth movement? Um, like what work are they working on? What work have, how have you been instrumental in that process? And then also how do we um, dismantle like anti-blackness within the Asian community? Cause I think if we was to have solidarity, <laughs> this shit would be over, but it's Absolutely. like, it's really difficult Absolutely. to have these conversations when you think about, when you talk about the LA riots, it's wild that you want on the phone because I would have never put you together because I always think people is 19 forever like you know I would have never put you together with the LA riots but I just watched I'm in a hotel I just watched um the the documentary that just came out on Netflix and they was talking yeah Yeah. and they was talking about how a lot of store owners that happened to be Asian American or you know um migrants had come and then they were like jumping on the anti-blackness train and that's how a lot of it started with the death of this young lady you know or the murder you know and so anyways that's just my question in a nutshell you got to get to the whole thing but I would love to know like how do how do we address these things like how do we support youth like without stepping on toes or without taking over our own agendas you know yeah I, I started organizing you know, I've, I've hit, I've far surpassed the youth ceiling of my life. So you ain't uh, 19. <laughs> I'm definitely not 19. You know, I'm 42 now. So word. You know, okay. I, yeah. So when I was, um, you know, when I was organizing youth, uh, I was with, uh, in, in, uh, abbreviated as KMB. It means pro people youth. Um, and we was, and it was really like during the anti-war, uh, protest that we you have a great analysis on on war and capitalism i I was gonna tell you but you knew this already but go ahead (laughs) yeah so i i started working with the youth there and it was really just to build a bridge between what was going on with the filipino american community here and how that related to what was going on in the philippines you know that's it there's a lot of things going on in the philippines that can directly be related to our migration story which leads me to our assimilation story you know i think you better tell a lot of our when a lot of our parents came here, it was during the Reagan 80s. And uh, they adopted a lot of that anti-Blackness. Uh, they adopted a lot of that, um, you know, the, the bang, bang, shoot em up uh, feel of that era with the Schwarzeneggers and the right. Stallones and the Rambos and all our men took on that hyper-masculine kind of, you know, they really emboldened them to become that. And, that really plagued our community for a really, really long time. It still plagues our community to this day, especially with anti-blackness. Um, right. And that's a tough conversation to have because we're all we also come from a country that's you know super religious, uber religious, uber Catholic. I mean, just you know, there's I don't think there's a place on earth more Catholic than the Philippines. It's 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 ridiculous. And that comes with a lot of anti-blackness because the the form of Catholicism that they have adopted is all white. It's you know white saints, white Jesus, white God, white everything. And, and uh, most Filipinos, most Filipinos that uh, make that decision to come to America want to be accepted in that, 
world and try to you said you said you had no spirituality but you have an analysis of your colonized spirituality so like i did a little research when we first hop on the phone call so we might talk about it but then i was like we're not gonna talk about it because we ain't got time (laughs) but you brought it up so i know that a lot of indigenous filipino people believe in ancestral veneration like you know i'm saying like and so what do you do i personally believe that a lot of our um, awakening is going to be leaning on to those who came before us. We always talk about know where you come from. And so like, what would it look like for Asian folk to be like, okay, these are our, our what white people have been calling mystical practices or giving layway to the, the Asian mysticism, right? But these are our practices and look how they are in alignment or look how they have differences with African traditional religions, right? What does that look like for you? Because I feel like it might be lonely without that spiritual connection. That's you got you got millions of ancestors behind you, Monica. Like, yeah, that that's what's funny. You said that because I, you know, if you listen to my first album that came out in two thousand three, it's riddled with Ifa and the Yoruba tradition. I practiced the Yoruba tradition for the you know a, a big chunk, like almost. 10 I almost years broke of my, my coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had studied that. I was, I, you know, my 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 uh, I had I was raised by um, a Baba, uh, a Baba Lao. He raised me you know I, I fell in love with his daughter and he and she and I you know uh, I spent a lot of time together and I was you know fully uh, embraced uh, into that culture I won't even call it a religion but and I still hold a lot of those ideals the questions I started to have um, were what about like you said what about my ancestors I, right. I, you know, I was praying in Yoruba I was going to I was going to Yoruba land, I was going to Nigeria, I was doing all these things and I felt this, there was this hole that nobody could answer. Like, what about my folks? You know, right. yes, I, I recognize um, my African ancestry. I recognize this spiritual base and I respect it, but there's gotta be something where I'm from. Right. And I spent a lot of time searching for that until I really got knee deep into organizing and a lot of my mentors who come from the old school, a bunch of communists that are just like, yes. get rid of all that, get rid of all that. But, but see, the thing is they were just like, get rid of all that spirituality. It means nothing anymore. This is, you know, this is the problem. This is problem A and we got to solve problem A and spirituality ain't going to solve problem A. And that's where they come from. <laughs> they were also men who raised me that didn't take care of themselves. Right. You know, and, and because they didn't have a spiritual base and I had to learn that later in life, uh, again, having children, really started to put me in that way. I need to be better for, for myself and for my children. Ooh, so I'm glad have a, you're talking about it. That's my baby daddy a, texting a, me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have a, a, a practice per se, but I definitely, in my quiet moments, will talk to my ancestors or, you know, if there's a little too much turbulence, I might scream for old goon or something like that mm-hmm. on a plane, you know, like that. So it's definitely still uh, ingrained in me. And even in the way that I practice uh, my organizing is, you know, there's some spiritual base to it. But, you know, you said you went to a spiritualist. I don't have that in my life at the moment, you know, where I can go to somebody. I want to connect you to somebody. No, she gonna she gonna collect you and I'm gonna refer you to her. Her name is Daisy October and she's out in LA. I know you in Oakland, but I know she have connections to other people and she's about her business here. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so- I think that there was a reason why we supposed, and I think I kind of like mentioned that to you. I was like, we might talk about it. Like, you know, and I didn't know it was going to get that deep. I did not know that these were traditions that you also hold dear. But I think about um, 
you know, how a lot of Filipino indigenous folks believe in seance and they believe in calling on not only their ancestral spirits, but on animal spirits. And I just think about how it's so closely related. And like, I just wish we had freedom to explore that, but like everything's going on. I'm glad you brought up um, I'm, I don't, don't, I don't, I'm not even gonna leave it on you. I'm gonna do the emotionally because I believe it's that important. I'm gonna connect you with her. Um, something that you have brought up was like the time constraint. You know, I'm super late because I just came 30 minutes out of my way um, to, to go to that. But the time constraint was important and why. You were like, I'm, I wanna help my partner out. And that to me is like sort of on the theme that we've been talking about too. Like what does love look like? outside of trauma bonds what does it look like because you and your partner look like y'all been going strong right and it doesn't mean y'all are without faults or without like breaks or whatever but what does it look like to examine your masculinity in a way that supports the femininity or like the divine of like the family union or what we know to be the family union how do how do how do your examination of yourself lend to that so you know, I never heard a man say, I gotta go. I don't have to go, but I would prefer to go so that way I could support my partner and my two-year-old. Like that was amazing because to me. I, I recognize that I am able to do what I can do because of the unpaid labor of the woman that, you know. You better be uh, a feminist. <laughs> you know, I am, I absolutely am. And I, I you know, because I know that, you know, every, everything, the emotional labor, the physical labor is unpaid, unquantifiable. And I stand because of that from my mother, my grandmother, all the way to, you know, my partner now. Um, and I lead with those ideals. I lead with that, that, that um, when I go home, no questions asked, I, it's my turn to take over. It's my turn to balance this, the labor of the house. You know, I, we're trying to dismantle all that and I have a daughter and I don't like to use the cliche of now I've got a daughter and I'm you know I'm gonna respect women now you're gonna know, be less trash than I was two <laughs> years ago <laughs> less trash because of my daughter but you know <laughs> but there is something to be said about you know having to really check your shit when you know when when your daughter you know when, when your daughter is showing a range of emotions and you don't know how to deal with that well then you because know, you wasn't taught is, to deal with your own emotions because i wasn't exactly i was never taught that so there's something to that and and you know i'm, I'm bearing off topic but you know yes I, I i and i encourage all the men uh all of my men all of my brothers all the the you know um all my organizer folks out there all the rappers out there whoever it is i, I speak I about the rappers. really yeah y'all need to really examine that i mean you need to um I mean, we, I can go on for days about this, uh, you know, and challenging my brothers to, to kind of reanalyze the way they see things. Um, you know, I had recently had a conversation uh, about the shit that Lord Jamar was on, like not too long ago, you know, he's mm -hmm. definitely one of those cats who will come out and I don't listen to women rap because it's soft and I don't, da -da 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 -da, you know, and, and the hyper-masculine sport of emceeing Right, you know, a lot of with that, a lot right? of a lot of posturing and peacocking goes on there. A lot of posturing and peacocking, and we need to learn how to break that down and dismantle that. J. Cole just dropped a, a verse, kind of going at this young woman named No Name, and you know, it was like, what? But can I say something about J. Cole? Please and do. I'm gonna leave yeah. it. I'm gonna leave it at that, only because other other people have said it, and I'm gonna amplify. So two things. I don't know why my spirit is telling me to tell you this. 
but I would really like for you, not, not today, and you don't got to come back, but I would like for you, you say you've been writing a lot of statements about movement work, right? I would like for you to write a man, I'll call it a male manifesto, because until human males decide that they want to connect with their humanness, um, I'm really going to describe them as males. Um, so I'd like for you to write a male, and it's not me liking you two, I don't know who's telling you this, it's fine. Write a male manifesto, but cite Black women and Indigenous women's work when you're writing about these topics. Because I think that, that what happens is a lot of time, men say these pretty amazing things and radical, but a lot of times it obscures the work that um, them identify folks have been doing for a long time so i really could see you i don't have a goosebump underneath my underarm right now i really could see you like writing this but like doing it differently than other men have done before because we call those you know flower uh flower headband feminists you know and not saying that you're that because i have met you in person you're a pretty dope person and i feel like on the panel that i was with you on you deferred to the femmes on the panel. Like you didn't really take up no space and it's not because you don't have shit to say. I've seen a lot of your content, like, you know, and I really just appreciate that. Like, you're like, I'm at Harvard and it doesn't matter because look at all these dope femmes up here. Like, well, first of all, you got up and said, I'm finna tell all you white people about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Tef looked at each other and I was rolling. I was like, please do. I knew I was home. Once I heard that, I was like, I'm, I'm home, I'm good. You know? But I will definitely do that. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I wrote it down, the male manifesto. Um, and yeah. I, uh, that's that's, that's that important that. work. It's like, you know, and, and not a lot of people are tackling it. And a lot of people discriminate, uh, discriminate, discriminate against feminists. So if you're going to be like a male or a man on a platform and you're like talking about, because I know you you talk about these issues. Like I know you've done a lot of work with gangs because you yourself have been incarcerated. Like, you know, and so this is, this is what I tell people all the time. If this is your story, let it be part of your work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the, that's the, that's the demographic you need to reach. You know what I'm saying? So I really appreciate the work you do. I got a question and a half for you because I already know that we on the time. Um, in 2017, um, you wrote an NPR, like you didn't write the NPR article, but in an NPR article, you said that my music is to push people to organize. So in 2020, like what is the parallel from the time you said that to NPR? Because, you know, in 20, like, I feel like 2017 was the year. I did the panel with you. We just figured out it was in 2017 and it was about music and activism and it was from artists across the world. Like, you know, um, shout out to Tefpo for bringing all of us together because otherwise I may not have ever met you, you know? But like, what is the diff, like, what is the difference? Cause I know you say, I feel it happening again. We just getting complacent, but what, are there different tenants to what's happening in 2020 than there was in 2017? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, again, so my music, I'll, I'll reiterate that again. You know, I, if you like my music, that's great. Um, we love your music. I'm playing it in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I said, come on, YouTube, show me what the, show me the money. <laughs> you know, and that, that's great for folks if they, you know, pick it up and listen to it. But it's like a book. If you don't put it to practice, then what does it really mean? And, and my, my music, it, was always written with the hopes that you will actually take this information and run with it and actually create do the work 
to create this this change. And that's because I was challenged early on. I was a conscious rapper who just would show up at the rallies, do my rap, and then go home. And there's a lot of those cats still out, you know? And it wasn't until a, a woman named uh, Marie Obanya, she organized with uh, Ugnayan in New York. She said, yeah, your music's cool, but it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's hollow. It's, there's no weight to it. And I, you know, of course I'm like, wait a minute, you know. You're like, like how I, I regret yeah. to inform you. <laughs> like, I'm bamboo, like... you know, who are you talking to? And, right. and she was absolutely correct. And, it, and once I took that step to become a full-fledged organizer, I never looked back and my music, I, I mean, my music flows now. The art just comes out of me. I don't have mm. to grab a book or look online and figure out, let me get the, it just flows through me because I, I surrounded myself with organizers. I surrounded myself um, with, with people who love the people so much that they won't, that they will sacrifice their own time and their bodies um, to get this justice and to serve the people and there's nothing more romantic nothing more you know nothing more lovely in life than that you know so um 2017 2020 I mean I guess we'll see 2020 we're, it ain't even summer yet it's showing <laughs> I mean, it's showing you know it's we, showing we, 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 not we, not the yes, first bullet popped okay like you <laughs> right. know what I'm saying like <laughs> The fuck? It, that that's that's wild and you know we, we had a pretty tragic thing happen in the family we lost uh, uh my mother-in-law you know um and she was a, a huge uh energy source for our family when we lost right. her you know no, it was just another 2020 thing that happened and, and that took us off the map when it comes to you know being able to be on the ground with with uh, with the people right uh, but we're, we're, we're making that effort loss. you know I appreciate that. Yeah, and you know, and, and we've learned from it, we've grown from it, and, and now we're back on the street. Now we're taking our, our family out to, to the protests and to the rallies, and, and you know, we're trying to build that next generation of young organizers who are so much more, uh, who are so much sharper than we were, in my right. opinion, who are so much more dedicated. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get young organizers to stop social media organizing and actually get back to the face-to-face knocking on the door, door to door, like the way I was trained. Right. I, I would like to see more of that. You know, right. if young organizers are watching it. There's so much value uh, in, in face-to-face interactions. It's great to repost something and try to do that. But, um, and I know we can't do it right now because of COVID. Right. You know, it's so isolating. Can, right. It is. Yeah. And, and I don't know, you know, and I don't know how to organize in that way. I don't know how to organize through social media very well. So, I'm very old school when it comes to that. And my scope of practice is now towards mass incarceration. Okay. Um, you know, I work in cannabis now. So I, I do a lot yeah. of equity work. Yeah. Shout out to Pure Oasis work. in Dudley. I just copped all the things. <laughs> like, black owned business. Black owned business. No, I'm, I'll, I'll request from you too. I'd be, yeah. I'd be shipped. Okay. I'd be shipped. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's I, I, you know, the 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 dispensary I uh, do the marketing for is black owned. You okay. know, our entire leadership is people of color, women of color. I mean, we're you know we're really trying. This cannabis industry is super white. You know, the cannabis industry is, is very very white. Um, but anyway, my my you know now that I've left the youth sector, I'm really on the mass incarceration. I have worked with uh, the Asian uh, Pacific Islanders Prisoner Support Committee okay. uh, with a program called Roots at San Quentin. We go in on Mondays to do an ethnic studies program there. Uh, obviously, it's on hiatus right now with COVID. Right. Um, 
And I just imagine how isolated those folks feel because they was getting support in a very real way. And then it's like, you got to pause. What I do know is that um, uh, in Albany, the we have like um you know alternate alternatives to incarceration program at my day job right and um they have like been able to go into the prison um via zoom like you know what i'm saying like they just like kept advocating kept advocating as like a health thing like you know what i'm saying so maybe that might be something you know yeah, for y'all to rally yeah. around or whatever so that way like folks can at least still have group like you know what i'm saying and still feel i'd be feeling connected as fuck that's the only reason why i still continue these conversations what i wanted to tell you about j cole before i forget um yeah, you had yeah. said something about the person giving you a critique and saying that you know your rhymes was hollow and you were like so there is a group called katani um they are in upstate new york and i have so much love for them as artists and I've invited them to several shows. Yeah, Katani, K-A-T-A-N-I. And I've invited them to several shows, including um, one that Tef and I threw together at the Harvard Ed Portal. And it was like mad heads there, like Raquel Foran and everybody. So um, the Knuckles band was there. It was just, it was a dope, it was an iteration of lituations. And so Katani was there and they dropped a single um, called No Role Models. Obviously, it, it's a remake of J. Cole's song. And in the chorus, I'll never forget, she was like, um, she was like, I would never want my daughters know how, to know how it feels. And Coretta Scott King would have hate, hated Dreamville. Talk to him. Ah! Like, you know, Ooh. yo, they, I mean, they go in, like, you know what I'm saying? And one is Puerto Rican and one is Nigerian, if I'm not mistaken. And they both have dreadlocks and they just, they just like kill the whole song and they use a term that you just use. And they were like, um, they were like, one time for all of my sisters, one time for the niggas who know that you can't try to separate women by calling some bitches and hoes, right? You know, you can't be like, oh, you know, like I want to see your crooked smile and then be like, you know, and so I thought that that was dope because Coretta Scott King would have hated Dreamville. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and the fact that they like in the bridge, they go, they, he hollow with the movement, he shallow, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I got and it. like, I wrote it yo, you got to download their entire album. Their fucking website is misogynist, like, you know? And so they basically <laughs> take oh, songs and this. really repurpose them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So yeah, check them out. They dope as fuck. Um, so thank you. The, my last question is multidimensional because I'm a complicated motherfucker and I'm in a good mood. I really just appreciate your energy today. Um, the is the two prong question. Is there anything you surprised I didn't ask you? And, um, or you're like, you know what? I meant to say this in the midst of all this like jamming of the time. And then the second part is who would you like to see on the show? And then I'll add a third part. Why haven't you been watching my show? Okay, well, let's get, I'll say that one. <laughs> uh, let's see, what question am I surprised you didn't ask me? I mean, you didn't ask about any of my music, which is refreshing. I'm playing it in the back. I know, I know. That That's refreshing, actually. I, I You know, it's it's hard for me to analyze my own music. I have a difficult time, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I like hearing other folks' interpretations of what I write. Uh, and then the second part of that is who I'd like to see on the show. Oh, that's a great one. Um, there's a woman named Ninochka in New York. Okay. She is she is one of the founders of Affirm, which is a militant women feminist organization. Okay. I I really uh, look uh, I really use her work 
as kind of the backbone for my own analysis of things. Um, you know, I, I really look up to Affirm, the organization that uh, she founded. They are doing probably some of the realest work on the ground. Okay. Um, and, I, and, I, and I love them. So if you could have anybody from Affirm on there, I would, on the show. And then the third part of the show, um, I don't have an answer for that, but it, it starts today. That, thank you. I just needed a commitment from some nigga I know. Just you're, a commitment. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting that. You are getting that. I mean, I follow you on Insta and all that, you know, but you're right. I need to be supporting the show. I need you, you're absolutely right. Thank you for checking me on that. Um, I will definitely promote and I will definitely uh, look out for it. But yeah, and I thank really, I love you. Much. I appreciate you. I, you know, I, I, I read. Um, I, obviously back last year, I read your, uh, Sean King tweets and, uh, it really, but you know, and I was one of the folks that was really like, Oh, Sean King is really, we cool. love this white man. We love him. I love him. You know, I was like, Oh, he's great. And then I started to hear those small kind of, Hey, what's going on with the money, you know? And then it wasn't until I read yours and you had points. Like I added two more today because I was busy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> like, sorry, really, Sean, not sorry. One, two, and, and I, it really, you know, me and my partner had numerous conversations based on that because, wow. you know, yeah, and, and it was very real for us. You know, we are not black. We right. practice a black art, you know, so we always recognize. And thank you for giving deference to that, that, that hip hop is a black art. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hate when people say we make Asian hip hop or I do Asian or Filipino. I, I'm the first one to say, shut the fuck up. Like this is a black <laughs> art. And and I'm also, but and at the same time, I'm also not one of them art for art's sake, let's say hip hop kind of cats. Like, right, okay. At the end of the day, I'm like, fuck hip hop. Further hold the shit down. Yeah, if, <laughs> if black people are dying, what the, who cares if what, you know, like the, if the people who gave us this art are suffering and are right. being subjected to these things, then are we really hip hop? You know what I mean? Right, so, right. Um, that's where I'm at with that uh, when it comes to recognizing that it is a black art. Um, and I came up in a time where like rock and jazz were all white. And it took me a right. long time to realize. Or, you know, stolen. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you know, I was a high schooler by the time I realized, oh, this shit's all stolen. You know? Right, right. So I, I also don't want to see hip hop go that way, which it's kind of starting to start. You're like, everyone's way. got a backpack now, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Let me shut up before I get in trouble. All right. So thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to respect your time limit. Um, thank, thank you so you. much for appearing. Of course. Of course. Um, I have a three-year-old about to be four. So um, yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest of mine on the full set. Y'all need thank to go to Spotify, to Apple Music, to all streaming platforms and download all 30,000 articles <laughs> of incorporated music from Bamboo de Vistola. Um, you know, your music is like, there's, it's never the same. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I love you. And uh, I hope I see you soon. All right. This has been another episode right. of the full set. Y'all have a good night. Peace.